Hi, you're listening to Ready to Scale, the second season of That Really Happened. This season is focused on APS of real estate, asset, process, and strategy. Each guest on the show will reveal the assets they're investing and why they chose to do so. From multifamily to industrial, self-storage, mobile home parks, and more. Then, they'll uncover the processes, tools, and systems they've used to build multi-million dollar businesses. And finally, they'll uncover new, unique, and exciting strategies to invest in real estate. From co-working to buy and hold, fix and flips, co-living, and much, much more. Now let's get the show started. Hey guys, I'm Ellie Perlman with a special edition of Ready to Scale for you today. The first Tuesday of each month, I will be releasing an advanced training session on information like raising capital, creating an effective acquisition process, and more on all things related to being a multifamily syndicator. These recordings are from webinars that I hosted, so you can also jump on my YouTube channel called Ready to Scale Multifamily Investing with Ellie Perlman and watch along if you prefer. In these sessions, you will learn valuable information to help give you a competitive edge and keep your business thriving. Now let's get started. Hello, hello everyone. This is Ellie Perlman and I'm the host of Ready to Scale, the podcast that talks about real estate investing, multifamily, syndication, etc. Today is June 12th and I want to chat with you about the state of the market today. So as a quick reminder, I'm a syndicator and I own 2,000 units across the U.S., usually multifamily and in, in class B neighborhoods, class B properties as well. And I've posted a few episodes a few days, a few weeks ago about the state of the market in May. And I wanted to update you on what's happening. A lot has been, you know, happening recently and there are big changes that happened. And it seems like with COVID, there really are major changes that are happening really, really quickly. Some things are getting better. Some things are getting worse. And that's what I want to talk with you about today. So I'm going to cover three things. We're going to talk first and foremost about collections, collections of rents, which is what's on a lot of investors' minds. Then I want to talk about the business plans and share what we're doing with our properties, what we're doing differently during COVID and what other sponsors are doing as well. And then I want to talk about a deal flow and what we see in the market, what I see as a sponsor, as a syndicator. So let's begin with collections. You probably know that during March, we were basically, investors were really concerned about the issue with collections, whether we can collect rents or not. There was a lot of uncertainty and we were surprised. So the national average of rent collections during April was 95%. 95%. This is really insane. On our properties, we actually collected close to 99%. Now, during May, the national average was 90%. So there was a decline from April's collections. And on all properties, we collected on an average of 95, 96%. Now, June, right now it's June 12 when I'm recording. We still haven't finished the collections because we're basically collecting every day until the last day of the month. I can tell you that on our properties, on average, we're already hitting 90% collections. So in May, it took us until the second, third, the third week of the month to hit 90%. We ended up at 95%. we are already hitting 90%. 
And so when May came, we basically said, okay, April was 99%. Now we're close to 95%. Maybe June is going to be lower because collections are high, but we see a decline. And what happened was actually in June, we see an increase in collections. Now, how can I explain that? I think there are two major reasons for that. The first thing is that we see more foot traffic because economies are reopening and that's the major thing. Economies are reopening. We are investing in Texas, Florida, and Georgia, and all those states have reopened their economies. So you have restaurants that are opened, businesses that are open, factories, and it means that first and foremost, we see more foot traffic. We see more people coming to our properties and wanting to see an apartment and sign leases, people feel that they're going back to normal. Now, the second thing that reopening the economy did was that we have more people that are now being rehired. So more people are able to pay June rents, and that's a huge factor. Now, in addition, obviously, we have stimulus checks that have arrived, and we were very proactive. So every time when we knew that stimulus checks arrived, we sent our people to knock on doors with a mask, you know, stay six feet apart and basically talk directly to tenants and say, hey, we know that stimulus checks have arrived. Why don't you come and pay your rent that was due, you know, a week ago, you said you couldn't pay because you lost your job. And people actually came to the office and paid. So the stimulus checks were a big part of why tenants were able to pay during April, May, and especially June. Now, there's a big issue around whether we're going to get another stimulus checks. And if we do get it, obviously, that's going to help with rents moving forward. So I can only hope on one level that there will be more. On the other hand, if I'm looking at the economy as a whole, it's hard to not take into consideration the damage that would be done by just printing more and more money. So I'm kind of on two minds because I see the impact on the economy in the short term, and it seems like it's helping. On the other hand, in my own selfish kind of way, when I'm looking at my inner circle, I see how much that is helping my tenants pay their rents and it helps my properties even increase the bottom line. So stimulus checks definitely helped with rent collections. Now, we also have unemployment benefits and that's a huge thing. That's a huge factor that helps tenants pay their rents. There has been some concern over what's going to happen when employment benefits are going to end. Usually by the end of the summer, they should end. But I saw an interesting trend. Texas, basically, I read that it was about a week ago that they're going to extend unemployment benefits by 13 months. And that means that people will be able to keep paying rents for the next year. Unemployment benefits can help pay rents. And that's one of the first things that people are going to do. And if you don't have absolute, if you don't have money, that's one thing. But you have a little bit of money, then the first thing you're going to take care of is that you're not going to be in the streets or you're going to pay your rents. It's one of the first things that you're going to use your money for. And the fact that the economies are reopening, that's great. But there's still, you can go and shop and party like you used to. So people are not spending money as much as they did pre-COVID. But the unemployment benefit was another thing on top of the stimulus checks, on top of the fact that people were rehired that actually helped collecting rents you know, during June. And I think we're going to see June, July, August, we're going to see an increase in rent collections. 
So that's what's happening in the market when it comes to rent collections. We see now in during June an upward trend. Now I want to talk a little bit about business plan. And when this thing hits, we, like many other syndicators, basically said, we're going to pause on the renovations. We're going to put a hold on the value add plan because it's really important for us right now to lease the units, to collect rents. We don't want to risk it by spending $5,000 on a unit and then push rents by $150, $200 and try to get it leased while there's a pandemic outside and people are afraid to go out and lease and move apartments. But that thought quickly changed when we basically said, you know what, why don't we let tenants choose? Why don't we show them a renovated unit and we show them what we call a classic unit, the non-renovated unit, and let them choose. We can say, here you go, here's a tour, a virtual tour of a classic unit. Here's a virtual tour of a renovated unit. Now you choose, here's the price, here's the rent for each of them. And surprisingly, a big portion of our tenants, the, the new leases that came in during April, May, and June, actually wanted to move into the renovated units. So not everyone has been impacted by COVID when it comes to their salaries. And we were able to basically rent those renovated units and push rents by 10 to 18%. We got 10 to 18% rent increases during a world pandemic, which is pretty amazing. And I have to say that I was surprised. I thought maybe we'll have one, maybe two, but it's close to 45, 50% of our new rents are actually going towards those renovated units. And I call it renovation on demand. So basically we're not renovating ahead of time. Only when someone says, hey, I want the renovated unit because we have a model unit that is renovated, then we go in and we renovate it really quickly. It takes us between seven to 10 days to renovate. And by that time that the unit is ready between a week and two weeks, then the tenant already gets in. And usually it takes them a few weeks from the date that they sign until they're actually moving in. So that's how we were able to minimize our risk, but also increase our bottom line, increase our NOI even during COVID because we were proactive and we thought outside of the box and we said, hey, let's not decide for tenants, let them choose. So that's what's happening with the business plan. And I know that a lot of sponsors have paused on renovating units. And if there's a sponsor listening to me right now, try this method. It works. Let tenants choose. Don't choose for them. Don't think, oh, the situation in the market is so bad. I'm probably not going to be able to lease the renovated units for the higher price. Show them both, you know, units and let them choose. And if they sign on a leasing agreement saying that they want, they're willing to pay you 15, 20% more for a renovated unit, then you can basically call your PM, call your contractor and say, hey, why don't we renovate this one real quick? Because we have someone that is willing to pay the premium. Now, the third and the last part of what I wanted to discuss with you today is the deal flow. We've seen a pretty significant change. So right before COVID, during March, there were tons of deals out there in the market. Many were overbidding. It was really hard to get a deal that was at market or below market price because all the deals for the most part would trade at a higher price than they really were worth. And right now, you know, and obviously since COVID started, it's not a secret. All everything kind of the entire pipeline had dried up because a lot of 
sellers basically said, I don't want to sell my property right now at a discount. And if they can hold on to the property, they did. And that's what was happening. And in the past two weeks, kind of the end of May, mid to end of May, when actually both owners, both sellers and buyers understood that rent collections are probably are actually strong, then I see more deals coming back to the market because now we have sellers that are willing to sell at a price that is discounted, but not discounted to such an, a big amount as the buyers were expecting. And buyers who wanted 15, 20% discount because there was uncertainty about rent collections, now they see that the properties are performing. Their risk is not as large, is not as high. So now they're willing to basically go back and look at deals and take three, four, maybe 5% discount. And now you have the gap between seller's expectations and buyer's expectations that are much, much narrowed than it was before. And we see more, a little bit more deals in the market. I also see more and more sponsors and owners and buyers that are back in the game. Institutionals, family offices, private equity groups, all those groups took a few months during March, April, and May to process what was going on. And I think that was the right thing to do because there wasn't enough data to support what we should be doing. And now that we know what's happening, that actually multifamilies are performing well, the market is actually thriving to some extent. It's not really thriving like it was before, but it's thriving compared to other markets. And we basically see the economies are reopening, then we feel more comfortable going back and buying properties. And that's why you basically see more deals now and you see more deals that are closing. You see more buyers that are interested in buying and more sellers that are now back in the game. So that's all for today. Again, today is June 12 when I'm recording this. This is right before the weekend. And I'm going to come back and update you next month. Also, I'm going to add another episode during July and let you know what happened between today's recording and the next recording and just give you kind of a little bit of a taste of what we see, what we know as sponsors who are very much active in the market and constantly looking for deals. If you have any questions, you can email me. My email is ellie at bluelake-capital.com. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, please give us a rating and write a review as well. So we know that you enjoy the content. We know that, you know, it's beneficial. And if you have also anything else to add, if you have any questions that you want me to answer on the podcast, you can also email me or reach out to me. You can also go to my website, which is ellieperlman.com. Hope you stay safe and healthy, and I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.